Well, we're going to talk about peace today. Peace. And, and I think peace is kind of the, it's kind of the universal word for, for Christmas. And, and even people who, who probably wouldn't consider themselves religious or spiritual even, um, they talk about peace. And, and they even long for a world that is at peace. And so you drive around town and, you know, you see a bumper sticker that says peace on earth or some variation of that. And then around the holidays, we've got Christmas cards that are coming or holiday cards or whatever you want to call them, uh, talking about peace on earth. I know that, that for my kids, the, the school that they go to, peace is like a big deal. They sing songs about peace. They have a peaceful winter program uh, that, that is focused on peace in a big way and, and, and in a completely non-religious way. And, and so I think that should cause some questions for us. Why do we talk about peace so much, especially at Christmas? Why is there this association, even for people who, who might not consider themselves to be religious, why is there this association of peace and and Christmas time and and I think the best answer, the easiest answer, is that the Christmas story is rooted in this idea of of Jesus coming into the world and peace coming into the world and and it's really in the the Christmas story that we know so well, the Christmas story that we have maybe heard, even if it's just on the the peanuts Christmas special, like the Christmas story that we have heard in Luke. Chapter 2, and I'm, I'm just going to read part of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. It'll be up on the screen, and if you want a Bible, there's ones back on the table there, and it's on page 857 in those Bibles. Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 8, says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is God's word. So we talk about peace. We sing about Peace, we send cards to each other, making the same kind of declaration or the same kind of, really it's a prayer that we're saying, peace on earth, peace on earth. But what's, what's the reality? We look around the world and there is not peace on earth, right? There is, uh, we, can, we can say without, without looking too hard, the world is not at peace. Because everywhere we look, there is conflict, there is violence, there is the abuse of power in obvious ways and in subtle ways. There's so much division around the world. And so there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between what the angels were singing about 
and what we see when we look around our world. But I, I want us to consider this morning that, that what if the reason that we feel so out of tune with, with what peace on earth looks like or what it is, is because we've taken our cues not from, from the way the Bible, God is talking to us about peace, but we're looking for something, something else, something different. And so I think we could say there's a misunderstanding in our minds and in our world of what, what true peace is. So, so today I'm going to hopefully define what biblical peace is. It's both something that is present with us now that we have peace with God and peace with others, and it is also a future peace, something that is to come, a peace with all things, and then we'll finish by just being called to, to be people of peace in, in the middle of that, between what has come and what is to come. So let's pray for a moment, and then we will jump into this. Father, Father in heaven, we're so thankful to be here today, and I know that, that each one of us comes with our own set of, of conflict and turmoil and, and a lack of peace in, in our lives, internally and externally, and, and we look around and we are confused because of the things that are not at peace in our lives and in our world so I pray that you would help us this morning to find peace in Christ and that we would see, Jesus, that you are our Prince of Peace and that what you have already done is to give us something so great, so significant, but, but there is more to come. And so that we would continue looking for the peace of Christ, that we would yearn and long and pray and watch for what is to come. And in the meantime, would you teach us how to be people of peace? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, first, we have to define our terms, and this is always a good idea. When you, when you throw out a word like peace or joy or love, so broad, so general, anyone could define it differently. So let's, let's define our terms. When the angels, when there's thousands upon thousands of angels singing about peace, what are they singing about? What is their concept of what peace is? Now, when we think of peace, when we see a bumper sticker, or we get a Christmas card or whatever it is, we think that peace is an absence of something. It is an absence of something. It is a lack of conflict. It is a lack of war. It's, a, it's an absence of noise, peace and quiet, right? We, we connect peace with the lack of things that are violent or the things that are chaotic. And this is... This is kind of on a, a worldwide level. You could go to different cultures, different, different people, and ask them, what is peace? And it's going to be some variation of saying that peace is what happens when those things are not present, those things that, that bring chaos. So, uh, so there's the absence, or, or it could just be like on an internal sense that I, am, I have internal 
calm and tranquility. That's, that's a kind of peace that we might be talking about as well. So we need to know that, that when the angels are singing here, it's not about those kinds of peace. It's not, it's not an absence of something. It's not, it's not inner peace or inner tranquility. The, the kind of peace, when the, when the angels are singing here and when the Bible is speaking of peace, it's not talking about the absence of something. It's talking about the presence of something in a positive sense, that something is here that is peace, that is peace itself. It's not just what has been taken away and peace is sort of filling the void, but, but peace is the presence of something. The presence of what? If it's not world peace, if it's not inner peace, what, what is this presence? And, and to, to get a good definition of this, there's, there's a chapter earlier in the book of Luke before Jesus is born when we hear from Zechariah, who is Jesus' uncle. He's the father of John the Baptist. And when his son is born, he prophesies. Here is, here is the one who is coming, the Messiah of Israel, the one that my son John is going to, to prepare the world for. He's going to make us ready. And, and Zechariah says in Luke chapter 1, And you, my son, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So from what Zechariah says about his son and about the Messiah, the peace that, that Jesus has come to give us is not an absence of conflict or, or peaceful feelings in the middle of, of difficulty, but, but the peace that Jesus came into the world to provide is the forgiveness of sin. Peace with God is the forgiveness of of sin and, and the angels, when they make this declaration, this announcement, they say, peace, glory to God, because there's going to be peace with God among the people that he is pleased with. They speak of peace as a blessing. It's something that is given to them, that, that it's God's grace or God's favor coming in. It's, it's his gift to us, his peace. And, and so, when you think about this peace, what is biblical peace? A great example is in the great Christmas hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's the peace that the angels are singing about. God is reconciling us to himself through Jesus. That's the, the true peace that we're talking about at Christmas. That's what the angels are singing about. So, so then we have to say, okay, if that's what peace is, it's, it's being reconciled to God, that our sins are forgiven, what, is it, what does it look like 
How can we, how can we see it taking place in our life and in our world? And, and we can say, again, that it's both a present peace, it's something we can see now, and it's something that is in the future. So in the present, now, it is peace with God and peace with others. So we have to understand that our greatest need is not external peace or internal peace. We could say that's peace that moves horizontally, right? Um, our greatest need is, is a vertical peace. It's, it's peace between us and God. And, and the beauty of the Christmas story is that Jesus came to give us that. Jesus came to, to make a way for peace with God. That's what Zachariah says. He's come to guide our feet into the way of peace, to make a way for us to have peace with God. Peace with God isn't, isn't universal. It's not uh, universally accessible. Peace with God is only through Jesus. There is no other way to have peace with God. So, so we have peace with God through Christ Jesus, through what he's done, through his life, death, and resurrection. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5.8. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have, we possess presently peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think the key thing for us to see in this is that this peace with God is not just a prospective peace that we'll enjoy at some point. It's, it's something that we have now. We have peace with God. It is a present reality that when we put our faith in who Jesus is, what he has done, we, we have peace with God. The work is done. The war is over between us and God. So we can say, I, if I have put my faith in Jesus, there's, there's no beef between me and God any longer. I have peace with God. I, I possess it because he's given it to me through, through Jesus. So we don't, that means we don't have to work for peace. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to, uh, to do anything to gain peace with God. It is a gift, and it's a perfect gift that we enjoy now in the present. And Tim Keller, who's a, a pastor that I've learned a lot from and in his writings, he says that the moment you receive this peace, you are as beautiful in God's sight now as you will ever be a billion years from now, a trillion years from now, that your peace is absolutely perfect with God. And that's an incredible present reality to say that, that the, the peace I have with God through Jesus is in its present form what it will always be. There's not something else that has to be done in order for you to have peace with God. Jesus has already done that. And so we celebrate and we say, I can have peace with God now through what Jesus has done for me. When we receive peace with God through Jesus, 
we are also given the present reality of peace with one another, with a community. And, and I do want to define this as, as the community of Jesus. We don't have peace with every single person in the world because we have peace with God. There's still conflict. There's still difficulty. There's still your irritating coworker, right? That exists. It's not erased. But we do have peace with other people in the community of Jesus, and we can say this is a horizontal peace. And, and again, we think of peace as the absence of something. It's, it's a lack of irritation, or it's a lack of you know, differences of opinion. But the peace of Christ that we have with one another is greater than just taking away our irritations or taking away our, our miscommunications, because the peace that we receive with one another through Christ, it, it is so much greater. And, and the picture in, in the book of Ephesians is Paul saying that, that Jews and Gentiles have peace with one another. And, and we've been going through the book of Acts uh, in the spring and the fall, and the, the division between the Jews and the Gentiles was so significant. It was so great. But... But the, the New Testament is saying now that in Christ we have peace with one another, that we are actually united in, uh, in, as a family, one family in Christ. And so, so our peace supersedes our political differences and our cultural differences and our racial differences and the differences that we have in class and the ways that we were raised and the income level that we have. And, and Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, who were, who were outside of the community of God, you've been brought near. How? By the blood of Christ. For he himself, Jesus himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of his hostility. He's broken down that wall by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both, we all have access in one spirit to the Father." I think when we're, when we're part of a church, when we're part of the Christian community, we're often looking for people that are like us or people that um, kind of validate maybe the, the place in, in life that we are or help us get through a place that we're in. But, but the peace that we have with one another transcends just our, the needs that we feel in the moment, that, that the community of Jesus that we've been brought into through what Jesus has done, it is a great gift to us. And we often treat it as something that we can just kind of, you know, if I like it, if, if it suits me, then I will participate. But if it doesn't, I'll just go, I'll go look somewhere else. I'll go try to find something else. But, but Jesus has made peace with, with he's brought us together in, in one family and that we can we can we can be in community with people that that we don't always like 
You know, and, and you can see this in marriage, you can see it in your family relationships, right? You don't just bail on your family at Christmas because somebody is, you know, starts talking about who they voted for. You're just like, I'm out of this family, I'm going to go find a new family because I don't want to hear about that, that issue again. You know, we go, okay, I'm committed to this family and, I, and, and I'm in it and so I have to... I have to find a way to, to at least make a peace. But, but the differences that we had between us and God and between us and one another, so much bigger than politics, so much bigger than, than what news channel you watch or what, what websites you go on to or whatever your friend is putting on Facebook, right? The, the peace that God has given us with one another is real. It's present and that we can actually be in uh, in a family kind of relationship with one another in Christ. And that's a miracle. That's a miracle. And, and in our world that is so divided and so split up into little teams and to have peace with one another and to celebrate that as the body of Jesus is something beautiful, something really, really incredible. Our present peace is that we have peace with God and we have peace with one another, but we also recognize that not all things are as they should be. There, there are wounds, there are chasms, there are conflicts, there are things that are not right. So even as we have this present peace with God and with each other, there is a future peace, a peace that we are still watching and waiting for, a peace with all things. And this is peace on a, on a grand scale. We could call it a universal scale or a cosmic scale. Colossians chapter 1 says that for in him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. When we get a, a Christmas card that says peace on earth or we sing a song about, about what peace looks like, the, the peace with all things that, that Colossians talks about and that we see in, in the book of Romans and so many different places in Scripture, it is so much greater and, and bigger than, than what we can imagine or what we envision on a Christmas card with snow and a little cottage with a fire. You know, that, that sounds so nice, but, but peace on earth with all things is so much greater, so much bigger. And, and this is where this, the definition that we said earlier, that peace isn't the absence of something, it's the presence of something. And the future peace, the peace with all things that we'll see is the fully embodied presence of God in, in the world, right? Jesus came to bring, as, as the Prince of Peace, he comes into the world, but he is one human man in the world, right? So, so he can't bring peace everywhere. But when he comes again, Colossians says he's going to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. He will reconcile or make peace with all things. So, so when Jesus comes again, it's to be the king of 
his kingdom and his rule and his reign will be displayed and it will be perfect. There will be no lack, there'll be no corner of the new creation where peace, the peace of Christ does not exist. And we, if we have put our faith in Christ, if we have peace with God, we get to live in that new kingdom. We get to live in that new creation where all things are at peace. But the most important thing is that, the, that God is with us eternally and forever, and we get to enjoy the reality of that for all of eternity. Peace isn't the absence of something. The future peace with all things is the presence of God as our king. But, but how can this happen? How can God bring peace, this kind of universal cosmic peace, to such a broken and messed up world? And again, Paul says it in Colossians. He makes peace through the blood of his cross. Through what Jesus has done, he brings together all things under the rule and reign of God's kingdom. He is our peace. Jesus is our peace. He is the supreme reconciler, that he's fulfilling God's eternal purpose, and he's bringing together and restoring what has been broken and lost. And he says, one day I will come again. And it's hard to imagine what that will look like, what that reality will look like. But there's a prophecy in the book of Isaiah that speaks of of, of just giving us some words and some images of what this peace will look like. And it says in Isaiah chapter 65, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And those are beautiful words, beautiful pictures of what life in Jesus' eternal kingdom will look like. And, and these are things that we can look for and long for and, and pray for, that while we now have peace with God, and we do have peace with one another within the family of Jesus, but one day we will enjoy 
peace eternally with all things in the kingdom of God. And the last thing for us to consider is, well, how do we live now? How do we live in this present moment where, where we have peace with God, we have peace with each other, but, but what do we do while we're waiting for this peace with all things? And I think it's, it's pretty simple, is, is we look around, right? You look around the world today, there's great conflict, there's, there's fear, there's division, but if our faith is in Christ and not in a political party, not in the stock market, not in anything that we could build for ourselves or, or create for ourselves, but if our faith is in Christ who is our peace, then, then we can actually live in the midst of turmoil and brokenness and chaos and still be people who embody the peace of Christ to to others and, and even to, to ourselves. So, so the world is going to rage on. There's going to be these conflicts and these things. But, but we can live in the reality of knowing the greatest conflict has already been won. Through, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he said it's finished. And so, so that war is already over. The war between us and God is is resolved through what Jesus has done for us. And so, so if we know, I have peace with God, the greatest war is already won, and now our, our responsibility as the people of Jesus is to hold that out and say, this war is already over because through Jesus, we can have peace with God and we can actually have peace with one another. And and the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he talks about this. How do we hold out the peace of Christ to others? He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if I put my faith in Christ, he or we are a new creation. We're part of what is to come already. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, gave us gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. If you are in Christ, if you've said, I, I can't get peace with God in any other way except through who Jesus is and what he's done, I'll call you to remember that, to, to be refreshed in the beautiful truth that you have peace with God through Jesus. And you already know that, but I know that each one of us struggles to, to live with that in front of our eyes and in our heart, that we actually have peace with God. The, that great war is over. And that we have actually been reconciled with one another, that within the community of Jesus, there can be real, deep unity that's not superficial, that's not based on, you know, all the things that we, that we connect to other people with, but it's based on the work of 
Jesus. And yes, not all things are as they should be. But we believe that they will be. We believe that they will be. And in the meantime, work to bring the peace of Christ into every part of your life. Work to bring the peace of Christ into your family and into your workplace and into your parenting and into your conversations and your words and your interactions with people, even on social media. Work to bring the peace of Christ into your rest or your lack of rest. Work to bring the peace of Christ into the ways that you celebrate and the things that you celebrate. So if you are a Christian, I call you to remember that you have peace with God and with one another and to work to bring that peace into every part of your life. And if you, if you are not a Christian, if you, if, you, if you don't know, I don't know where my, I don't even know what my faith is in. I would implore you to embrace the peace that Jesus has won for you. That you can have peace with God today. You can, you can be brought into a community of people that has peace with one another and that you can look ahead with joy and expectation to the peace that is coming and to receive the gift that the angels were singing about that, that, that you could enjoy the favor and the gift of God today and the peace that he's won for you through his son, Jesus. Christ has come. Christ will come again. Let's pray. Father, I know that we've scarcely scratched the surface of what it means to have peace with you and all the different things that means for life today and and the life that is to come. And I pray that uh, you would help us to connect the dots between the work, Jesus, that you've done for us and, and the beauty of who you are. Would, would, you would help us connect the dots to how we go out the door today and we go home and we have to finish up Christmas presents and, and we have that irritation or that conflict that's still lingering from this morning or last night or from some other time before that. We need your peace to be present in our lives. And I pray that you would help us to remember, Jesus, who you are and what you've done for us. That our greatest war is over, that you've already won it. And all we, we have to do is to look ahead to what is to come. And in the meantime, help us to be your ambassadors, to, to hold out the peace of Christ to others. And I pray for those who might be here who don't have that peace with you that they would receive your gift of grace today through Christ Jesus, through what he's done for them, and that they could come into your family through, through the way of peace, through Jesus. We ask this in your name, your beautiful, wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.